Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have another legend of a guest. It is Tani. Now, we're going to leave a link in the description if you want to contact her on Instagram and learn a little bit more about who she is. So, who are we? Fruiting Body Podcast is a podcast on the island of Phuket, Thailand. Uh, I think we're the only one doing it at this level in Thailand, so we hope you enjoyed the show. Now, what are you going to learn today on this episode? It is for all you English teachers out there. Did you just graduate? Are you looking to move to Thailand? What are the stepping stones? What do you got to do to actually come move here? Tanee is going to explain all that step by step. What are the differences between a Thai government school, working at an international school, and what are your options if you want to, let's say, jump from being an English teacher into another form of business and all those issues that might arise. There's some really interesting stories that we discussed in this podcast, especially some shock value if you're at a Thai school and what you should expect, because for all we know, you might hate it, you might not like it. So you're going to learn about that today. So um, that's what this was all about. And uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Okay, we're live. Um, so as everyone saw the intro, we're going to jump right into it. People are looking, they just got out of university, they're looking to move to Thailand, and usually that stepping stone is teaching English. So take us through your process, you're in South Africa, you're wanting to come to Thailand to potentially teach English, um, and again, you were here on holidays, so we'll fast track that part of the story a little bit. What were those steps that you took to get into Thailand to be able to teach English, so you, at least you're making some capital and you know you're not burning through your your savings absolutely and um, again thanks thanks for coming on the show again today <laughs> forgot to thank her it's a great pleasure yeah um absolutely i mean i initially came here traveling and i sorted myself out to be able to teach if i wanted to so the things that you do need is a degree a degree in any field um you also need a tefl certificate but that's not necessarily that important but i think they are sort of honing in on that at the moment. And in terms of visa, I went to the consulate in Pretoria to get a tourist visa to last me as long as possible until you come here and you change onto a non-B visa. A non-B visa is your business visa, which allows you to work legally in Thailand. And and everybody, here, one sec, just push your, uh, cut back to that mic, or that pick, push, you see, watch yourself on the, just push your mic down a bit. Me. Yeah, just so imagine this was a real, how it's going to look. There we go. See, that looks better. Okay. okay, so no matter what, people coming to get a real work permit in Thailand, you have to come on a tourist visa, which is a non-B, because that's the only way you can convert that to a work permit, essentially, correct? Um, a non-B is the business visa which allows you the work permit. First, you arrive on a tourist visa, then you'll change it to a non-B, and then you'll get your work permit. And uh, non-Bs, they do offer to people in international schools. They will organize for you from your own country. But generally, if you haven't got a job from there and you come here and you find one, they like to have you on the ground. Mm. They don't want to be on the phone. And this, especially if you work at government schools or different schools here, they like to have you on the ground to offer you the job. Yeah, they probably don't want to invest the time of, of these people that say they're coming and don't. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you do get different kinds of people. You get backpackers that come here that drop their backpack and go into the classroom. Or you get fully qualified teachers that actually want to come teach here. So it really is just a whole array of people. But how I would do it is to come here on a tourist visa, have all your documents in order. And then if you want to find a job, 
you can do so. So what, what did you do exactly? Like what was your, what was your even motivation to teach here? Can you give us that full story of how it all came together? Initially, I came to Thailand a year before because my sister got married on Koh Samui. So that's what introduced me to Thailand. 2016, 15? Oh, I can't even remember 15, which 16. year it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really liked Thailand and so on. So then I decided I'm going to come travel. And then I had my documents ready if I wanted to teach, right? And uh, what I had, first you need a police clearance from your home country. That's very important, especially as a South African. Uh, a TEFL certificate and a degree. And that's basically what you need. And you got that in South Africa already, the, the, the TEFL certificate. Yes, the TEFL I did online. Uh, the police clearance and the degree was all everything I had, but I came here with my folder of all my organized documents and so on. And then it was easy to go from there. Was it, did you have a teaching degree or just a bachelor's degree in, in business or what was your degree back home? Uh, initially I had a BCom marketing, so a yeah. bachelor's in marketing. Um, but then subsequently I have done a teaching degree because throughout the years I've realized I do actually have a passion for teaching mm. and I decided to better myself and actually be able to you know, get into different schools if I want, or just work online and be more authoritative to my profession. Yeah, so, so yeah, people might not understand that you don't need an education degree from your home country. You can come on any sort of university degree that they're just looking for that, that degree piece of paper plus TEFL. But like you said, not all schools require TEFL. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, I mean, some schools you go to and they ask you for your TEFL. If you're a South African, they might ask you for your TOEIC exam. Have you heard of this? No. So TOEIC is basically an English exam you write to see your proficiency in English. So as a South African, because we considered non-native speakers here, they require this from you. Generally, when we go to uh, a TOEIC exam, there's like different nationalities that are not native speakers. So you have to do this exam, and then if your TOEIC score is high enough, which it generally is as a South African, then, okay, send your documents through and so on. So in terms of uh, qualifications, you really just need a degree in any field. A TEFL, if you have your TEFL, it helps, you know, it looks makes you look more legit and so on. And then also your TOEIC as a South African. If you're a native speaker, you do not need this. Even if, say you're a South African with an English passport, you do not need this. At the end of the day, it's just that they consider us non-native. Yeah, they just have these standard procedures. Yeah, I, I I taught in Taiwan and they hired me from abroad and they basically like year 2012, 11 and they they I'm like, so I need TEFL. They're like, no, nah. I, I feel TEFL is kind of uh, it's a bit of a scam, to be honest. Like I TEFL is I feel it's there to give you reassurance. Like I'm going to at least be able to get a job because I have that. But a lot of schools, if you're if you show up and they, they need teachers and you don't have it and you're a fluent English speaker, they're not going to deny you either. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's more about what you look like than yeah. what you have here in Thailand. But, of course, at the international schools and so on, they're a lot more strict on accreditations, degrees, experience, and so on. Yeah. But Just tip that mic up, tip towards you, just like kind of like this. Yeah? Yeah, we're good. There you yep. go. Okay. So, so I uh, sorry to cut you off mm -hmm. there. We want to, as I, I lost my train of thought as we we're fixing the mic. Um, now 
the different schools in Thailand, you, when you started here, were you at a traditional like Thai government school or were you at an international school like a Kaojong Kiet or a Head Start or a BIS? Uh, it's more of a long-winded question. Mm-hmm. All these different schools in Thailand, can you walk us through and explain the difference in the education systems and the pay grades? And even like how could someone that went from teaching at a government school even get a job at like an international school like BIS. Okay. It's a big, you just run with that. That's a whole, a huge <laughs> question. It's probably like, uh, uh, it's going to be at least probably a 10 minute response. And actually, before we jump into that, we'll do a quick shout out to our sponsor at Five Star Marine. We're keeping you hanging on for this question. So you got to listen to my promo. Uh, Five Star <laughs> Marine, they are a speed, a private speedboat tour company on the island of Phuket. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram at Five Star Marine. Links are in the description. They're the only ones that are going to give you your own um, catered tour. You decide where you want to go that day, whether it's PP or Pungna Bay. This way, you're avoiding the traffic. They're the only ones doing it on the island. So check them out at Five Star Marine Phuket. And back to the question, we're going to find out about the different um, uh, schools that you could work at in Thailand. Again, whether it's government all the way up to the prestige BIS, these international schools, different pay grades and how you could even transition just coming as a backpacker, working at a government school and even making your way up to BIS where obviously the pay is going to be much better. Absolutely. Um, Initially, I did start off at a government school, a secondary, actually in Phuket. So what happened was I just looked on, it was very easy for me to get my job, went online, had my little interview, job yours, okay. Uh, It was a secondary school, so it was a high school. It's the first time I've ever taught, so I really was pushed into the deep end. But I do believe that that experience really taught me, okay, you can do this, go for it. And then from there, I went off to Kajankiet. Yes, Kajankiet, they pay you a little bit more, but they work you to the ground. So in relativity, if I look back, I preferred the government school than Kajankiet just because of the nature of how much they expect you to do for the amount they pay you. What about like, uh, let's talk work hours per week, if you were to compare them. Well, your work hours might be the same, but the difference at a government school is that you maybe teach three to four lessons and then you just sit there, which some people might find it brain numbing, but if you've got different projects, your own things, then you've got time to practice your own things, do your own research and so on so you could do some freelance work while sitting around all day exactly that's exactly it genius yes so that's why if you ask me a government school for a person that doesn't necessarily want to be a teacher full-time and so on is a better option um then you get the kajan kids kajan kid actually has kis and kajan kid school group the kis is the international school um that's a different ball game and then from there, there's also so many. That's the thing. The schools are popping up here in Phuket. Yeah, you've got, you you got QIS, Head Start, you know. Men, you've men, got your QSI. QSI. A Head Start, BIS. What else is there? Now Head Start is opening a new campus. Right over here in Chernitale, yeah. Exactly. Um, and with those schools, of course, it's a different level because there's international people that are running it. The schools are not necessarily Thai run. Of course, it's partnerships and so on but it's international school standards. Um, At the moment, my niece is actually at uh, BIS, so they do have a certain level they want to, uh, you know, withhold, but apparently even BIS is not on par with the UK standards of where they should be. Or these Singapore schools. Exactly. So 
at the end of the day, you can work at BIS. I think you can make about 100K a month. Uh, Head Start, you can make about 80K a month. Uh, Kajan Kiet, as a teacher, if you've got a teaching degree, I think you start off at 52. Uh, if you don't, I think now they're starting the teachers off at 36. But you're talking like a, like a teaching degree from a university. Yes. You so, need this. Yes. Yeah, so if you have, okay, if you don't have a teaching degree from a university, I highly doubt you'll get into Head Start or BIS or so on. But at Kajan Kiet, if you do have a teaching degree, I think your starting is 52. And But what about tax? You're being taxed in Thailand? Yes, you are being taxed in Thailand. I think it's, is it 1%, 3% or something like that? So it's very low. It's really a very low Coming amount. Coming up 3% per year or per month? Well, per month. Okay. They'll take your tax off monthly. Okay. But it's really, it's not that much. In comparison to other countries, 3% is next to nothing. But then if you work at the government schools... You can earn between 33 and about 35, 36, depending if you're native or not. And again, then it depends, okay? You can work on this money, but how much are you making on your own private things? So you have to do the calculations and the math. Yeah, so what what you're saying is like, yes, you're going to get paid more, maybe let's say 50, 55 at uh, a Kaojong Kiet. If you're a teacher. If you're a teacher. If you're not, it's 36. Starts. But you're going to be too burnt out to do anything else. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, you got to, you got to, you got to balance that well, because you could essentially make your 30, 35 at a government school, but you might be able to make 50, 60, a hundred doing freelance of who knows what, but at least your government school gives you a working visa and you have no issues staying in the country. Absolutely. And that is the whole thing. That's why a lot of people do do this avenue or chose to do this avenue. Personally, I also did it. I went to the Kajan kids and then I decided, no, no, no. I'm not working this hard for <laughs> this. Yeah. You no, know? that I never thought of it that way. I've all <coughs> I always thought that the cow I always assumed Kaojong Kiet was the step up from the government schools, but in reality, um, there's more freedom of, of your time at these government schools. And I feel like you you can still have that time to go to the beach. Do they let you leave during the day at all? Or are you pretty much stuck there nine to five? <sighs> You're pretty much stuck there from 7.45 until 4.30, most of the well, That's schools. not too bad. Absolutely. But it depends the relationship you have with the schools because previously I worked at a school that allowed me to go home at 1 o'clock when I was finished my teaching. just depends on the relationship you have at the school. But generally it is quite micromanaged. You come in this time and you leave this time and that's it. Now, wouldn't one of the advantages at a government school, let's say you got in at a Thai government school in Chirntale, you can now live in Chirntale instead of having to commute to Katu. Isn't that a massive, especially in the rainy season? Absolutely, absolutely. So location makes a big difference too. But even so, if you worked for a Kajan Kiet, there are many campuses. So you could choose or if they would put you here or there, I'm not too sure. But some people do, of course. So Kajan Kiet is more established and so on than government schools. They've got air cons in the classes. <laughs> so that's a big thing because, I mean, when I started teaching in my first year, there was not an air con in the class and I just dripped with sweat all day long at the so, government school yes okay so really it's hot the, these are these hidden gems that you know <laughs> take that into consideration as well especially if you're coming from a cold country um thailand takes a couple of years to get used to the heat where your body just comes uh, completely acclimatized to that absolutely it does take a yeah. while and your number one is not it yeah so and really you'll be in the class and you'll be sweating and the children are just looking at you and you're like there's nothing wrong i don't have anything i'm just hot yeah. <laughs> so um, yes that's also another option now 
as we talked off camera before, we're going to get into your other stepping stone options. Like if you, if you're a teacher in Asia coming out of a university back home, teaching English anywhere in Asia is a great stepping stone into the country because again, any employers where you want to get into something outside of teaching, they usually want to shake your hand face-to-face -face in a country. It's very hard to get these jobs abroad. So we're, we're going to jump into something in a second, but now if I want to work at BIS and I don't have a teaching degree, but I'm living in Thailand, is there a way I can get one online or do I need to go back home and go to university to get one? Um, they are universities that offer online um, degrees. I'm not sure the exact uh, requirements from BIS itself, if you can do the online. Oh, one sec. Oh, I know why. Because if you're doing that, it's the mic's picking it up. I didn't think of that. Oh, yeah, okay. ah, good idea. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. Probably because like our mics are sensitive. So if you're if you're hitting this, it's gonna like. Oh, go through. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, good, okay. good good idea. Um, <clears throat> so we were we were saying yeah, if you if you want to work at BIS but you're living in Thailand and you don't want to go home and do your degree, how could you get an education degree to get a job at BIS while staying in the country? Well, as I say, they are online options. I did mine through the University of Nottingham, um, but I'm not too sure of the exact requirements because at the end of the day, it's very competitive at BIS. Everyone wants to work there. So they, of course, they'll take on teachers, firstly from the UK, which is a big thing, um, and secondly, people with a lot of experience because, I mean, out of all schools, that's probably the highest paid here. So people want to get in there. So you can do something online, but those schools probably have chosen the people that already did their degree, have experience, and so on. Yeah, unless you're able to uh, have beers or play a couple golf games with the headmaster. Absolutely. So I mean, this is Nepotism. the world. If you can get in, <laughs> there's definitely that that option. So but where you go to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th I know people that have got into these schools where they've 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 just known the right people. Absolutely. And, and, and so that that's, hey, you, you can be a bit more conniving and find out who are the people I got to make friends with, which bars are they drinking at, <laughs> go, go buy them a couple drinks. And maybe that's another way to get in as well. Absolutely. But I'm not too sure about yeah. that because with BIS, you also apply online. There's a um, um, website called Scroll and that's where they generally advertise their positions and so on. So really they've, they're flying in most of their teachers. You know, Is there a certain time of year in Thailand whether it's an international school or even a Thai government school in which it's less competitive to apply for a job? Well, at the end of the day in Thailand, the school starts in May. The year starts in May. This is government schools, okay? Starts in May and then they have a break again in October. So the best time for hiring is to be about in April, Songkran time. So you might as well come and enjoy and get hired then. So maybe come February, late February, enjoy a month and, and start applying for your jobs around that March, April time. Exactly. Because that's when they're going to be looking. And a lot of people are probably, wh when does the school year end? At the end of October? And then it starts again in, in, in uh, May? No, well, October is sort of like a midterm break, if okay. you can call it. That's for Thai government schools. And then their end of year is the, generally the end of March. Okay, and then Fe and, and then, then April because Songkran. April and uh, half of May is generally the holidays, and then they start again at the end of May. Ah, okay, so you want to start applying kind of that that April time because yeah. they're going to generally know all the pe teachers that said they're not coming back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So from about February to April, be 
even in May you could arrive and get lucky because you know they don't fill the positions that well. Yeah. I mean the staff turnover of these schools, maybe not the international schools, but government schools is very high. And very I, high. I guess even May and June is probably good months as well because the school might have some absolute lunatic teachers that they've hired and they might need to replace them or kick them out. Absolutely. Maybe some guy that's just been smashing the Sam McGill's, you know, <laughs> rolling in at 8 a.m. and they've had about enough of his uh, boozy breath. And Exactly. So, hey. Or, or... The teachers come and they're like, I didn't sign up for this and yeah. they just leave. So what, many teachers just come and go. What percentage go. would you say? I mean, because you, you've seen a lot of this happen. Ooh. Is it is it 50%, 20% or like, wait a minute, I, I, I'm i not ready for this? What, the people that are that leaving? They show up their first day of teaching and they realize, you know, this is not for me and they leave. Like what percentage of teachers end up just packing their bags or going just leaving the job? I'd probably say about 20 to 30% and then 50% of them try it out for a while. But yes, the the staff turnover at a lot of these schools is very, very high. And I mean, because they, they work you hard. They okay, let's, hard. let's talk about the details of that and why and what you can expect and why would you leave the position? Why aren't people ready? Before that, we're going to do a quick shout out to who we are, Fruiting Body Mushrooms. We are a medicinal mushroom company located on the island of Phuket. So we're doing lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps. We're actually number one supplier um, or I guess brand for mushroom products. We're the only ones doing Fruiting Body. You can check us out. Links in the description on Lazada. If you're asking why are our prices so good, we're the only ones actually making it here. And the rest of those scam artists doing mycelium on grain and tinctures, it's absolute garbage, stay away. I'm not even lying. I made this company because I couldn't find the product. So I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna make it myself. So Lion's Mane, check it out, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and um, okay, so we're gonna jump into that the, the question of uh, the nitty gritty details of you know, some experiences of maybe these horror stories of why you might leave. Before we do that, let's do a little plug for our lion's mane. You're taking the lion's mane. Let me know what are your thoughts. And if it's horrible, don't tell anyone. No, no, not at all. Oh. Um, I actually started this because I really wanted to see if it improves my focus and so on. Um, I won't say that I've seen these dramatic improvements. I have been doing it only for two weeks. So let's see if I'll see these improvements. I mean, you told me that I'll have good memory recall. Uh, I haven't experienced that yet. So I'll give you an update. Let's give it a month. And then I'll give you an update as to yeah, where it, I Yeah, it usually takes about six to eight weeks. Um, the, ma the major um, noticeable benefit is memory recall. Uh -huh. re memory recall, as I can't recall <laughs> my words. Um, but let's tap into that memory of these nitty-gritty details of dealing with Maybe these beautiful ch Thai children and they're so easy to get along with. Why would English teachers leave when they walk in the class? What What is going on that is going to shock them? What's that shock value? Okay, let's start government school. Shock value. Very low level of English. Completely. So you walk in there and not many children can understand you. So you automatically target the ones that can help you a little bit to be the buffer. And at the end of the day, you need to learn a bit of Thai to be here. You don't need to, but it will make your life a bit easier. Because that's one thing I realized walking into my first school. Okay, you better learn some Thai because I'm going to learn Thai quicker than they're learning English. So <laughs> that, the English level. Another shock factor is the fact that they just pass. They just pass the children. You have to pass them. 
And that for me goes completely against my integrity because how can you pass and you can't speak English? It doesn't make sense. So, for example, the child that doesn't even have a book gets 60%. And then the guy that can do a little bit more, you need to give him 80%. So at the end of the day, the scoring is really a farce for me because you don't even have to come to class, you're going to pass. Mm. So it doesn't teach the children any discipline in actually having to achieve something. Because how, they, how can you pass if it's a multiple uh, multiple quiz or sorry, like question, like, you know, choose A, B, C, D and the kid gets zero? Oh, it doesn't matter. How do they, how, if, if, if their score is zero, how do you give them uh, 60? Because you write zero there and then the coordinator or whoever will come to you and say, sorry, they need to pass. So you need to give them this amount. So then I will say, okay, uh, well, you decide what marks you want to give them then because why am I here? But I mean, physically, then what, you're changing their answers? No, I don't change. I just give them the mark. It's For me, it's really... It's, so it's complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense. So this is what happens. So I learned my lesson throughout the years. Instead of me fighting the system and being like, but Tommy can't speak English. How can he get 60? I just... Before I even get there, I've already written the marks that they need, that they must get. I guess this transfer transfers over to Thai driver's license as well. Why? <laughs> everyone passes there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> everyone passes. But really, that part, this part yeah. of the education system really, really bothers me. Because me growing up, I'm sure you growing up, you wouldn't just pass on the whim. Or you don't even have to come to school. Mm. Or you don't even have to write. Literally, I had one kid that did not even have a book for the whole year. And I went to the coordinator and I said, I'm sorry, what must I do with Tommy? Oh, no, no, just give him the minimum. I said, oh, okay, what's the minimum? No, 60. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. yes, as an English teacher, it's a bit of a farce, but, like, I do believe at certain schools, they do have a different system in place. But that's but that's mostly, again, Thai government schools are, are, mm -hmm. are treating it. Well, Is not there only. A, why do they have to pass? What is the reason? I, I believe, according to the Thai culture, it's about saving face. This is what I think. Because, and then the, the worst is, they come to you and they tell you they get 80%. You're like, wow. And then you start speaking. You can't even say, hello, how are you? Mm. So that for me is weird. Because it's not really giving a true reflection of their abilities, of their capabilities. And you're getting 80%, but in the real world, in the bigger scheme of things, it's nothing. So what if you get 80% at school, you know? Well, maybe it's, it could also be an issue that they know that maybe the level of English there, no one's really going to pass. And then the next thing you know, you have 800 kids in one class because no one's gone on. It's just, it's going to like, there's going to be this bottleneck of kids not just not getting past, let's say, the second grade of English. Well, my theory about the reason they don't learn English is because they're not ta uh, taught the basis from a young age. So, for example, at the, we need to teach conversational English, okay? That's what us teachers generally do at these government schools, okay? Conversational English, nice. But how do you have a conversation if you do not have any vocabulary? So, in my opinion, my teaching method really doesn't align with this conversational English because you can't have a conversation if you don't know anything. How long did you butt heads until you just gave in? Like, like uh, essentially, you're going through this beaten housewife syndrome of like, I give up. 
Did, did this go on for years or was it yeah, within? Well, every school I really worked at, it was sort of the same setup, you know, and I thought this one would be different. This one would be different. No, they're all the same. They're all the same. So it really is a farce. And for me, that's why I, you know, don't want to teach at these schools because it's not a true reflection of the children's capabilities and what mm. they've learned. So it's it, like Singapore. They're not going to pass you. You're going to fail. Oh, yeah, no, Sing Singapore, you but know. I, in Thailand, do you think a lot of it is because this vacation living style and the parents are, like, outside of the Thai government schools, mm -hmm. the international schools, the parents are paying for the education. So when, when money, like, it's not a public school like we go to back home, we fail. Mm -hmm. But when you're paying, you know, maybe that it gives the incentive of the school to look the other way, to even on these international schools to keep them moving forward. You still want the parent to pay. Otherwise, they might take their kid to another international school. Yeah, maybe it's all money-driven. I really can't tell you because at the end of the day, for me personally, if you're an educator, you need to be educating. It's Yes, I understand these schools are businesses too, but I think they focus more on the business than the actual education side, in my opinion. Because throughout the years, and then when I now that I teach privately and so on, the results of the learning process of these children, adults, everybody, is just phenomenal. Whereas there, at some of the schools, I used to feel so sorry for the children because they just have to finish their book. They must just finish, you know, to send something home. Sometimes even the teachers are doing it because the kid is not capable of doing it yet. So the teacher is filling in the stuff. So it's all a bit of a farce. And they want to show the parents something. And at the they, end yes, because the then you send the book home. Oh, look, Tommy did so well. Look how nicely Tommy wrote. But actually, it's the teachers doing it. And aren't are there different levels of Thai government schools where even the Thais are they have to pay money to put their kids in better schools? Um, there are a few different schools. I think, if I remember correctly, there's Anuban schools, which are temple schools. And then you get like Darasamut, which has got different kinds of, you get an um, English program and a Thai program, which does have more influence from foreigners. But in general, and then you get the BIS and so on. But that's a different level, yeah, yeah. you know. So, yes, they are different levels because, I mean, a lot of the children, they come from, uh, un, you know, poverty, poverty yeah. or something like that. So they can't afford it. So there are the options of schools for these children. But definitely, education is directly correlated to where you come is, from. Is it free in, in Thai uh, government schools? Are they free or do they have to pay no matter what? I think they, but it's minimal. I think they pay like 300 baht or okay. something like okay. this. Yeah, it's very minimal. Because okay. you know? so, today's uh, a little bit different. If you're wondering why the episode is probably less than 35 minutes, we're trying a new format. We might do a couple episodes a week and they'll be a bit shorter. So you can let us know in the comments if you prefer this short form content. Our last um, topic we wanted to jump on is if you don't want to be an English teacher. Um, and, and, and again, we didn't go into depth of teaching online, but again, uh, this is another option as well in terms of freelance. If you didn't, if you're using teaching English in Thailand as a stepping stone to living here, and again, mm -hmm. this can be applied anywhere in Asia or the world, um, and you do not want to be an English teacher after a year. What are some of your options? What have you seen friends do? What have you done? Um, I've actually just been mostly into teaching simply because I do have a passion for this. So I've basically sort of evolved in my teaching career since I arrived here. Um, but a lot of friends do online work, whatever it may be. Some people do trading. 
some people are digital nomads, whatever they do. My brother-in-law works online and they live here. Um, what else do people do? I guess, uh, yeah. They can work in hospitality, but often they need ties in the positions. So hospitality is not necessarily something that you could just come here and do. English teaching is the best gateway position to get here and start something, I believe. Yeah, I guess I, I guess you do see a lot of Farangs. Um, they, they take on like a PR promotion on Bangla. Like maybe they're exactly. working oh, yeah, in the nightclubs. Yeah. But it depends you don't how want, old you don't, are. Don't, don't go down that road. <laughs> like you're going to lose your liver. Yeah, well, it depends how old you are because me personally, if I arrived here now, there is no, no, no maybe... No. Maybe eight years ago. <laughs> no, never. But everyone that ends <laughs> up doing it, they look back and they, they feel defeated. Like, that's a hard life. Absolutely. I mean, it's a hard life. It takes its toll on your liver, on your brain, on your memory. They need to come take some of your lion's yeah, brain. Yeah, that's it. So if you've, been, if you've been on the booze and you're working on Bangla and you're a Farang, hit me up. I'll give you some lion's brain. We'll try to <laughs> sort you out a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess people are, are doing freelance. You could try to sell products on Lazada like we're doing. Um, but may, maybe I think that kind of goes back to if you are working in a Thai government school, that flexibility of those hours off actually gives you the opportunity to find something else for yourself. If you're just working at Kaojong Kiet, sorry, I hope, I hope they don't kill me here. Um, I mean, it's still a great school. It's that's that, that could be your nine to five, but at the government schools, that flexibility, that free time, it gives you the chance to find something else for yourself. Because at the other schools, you in reality, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, by the end of the day, you're just you're probably too burnt out. You want a beer, you want to eat, maybe watch a sunset, and you probably just want to watch TV and go to bed. It's yeah. just your work to the bone. Absolutely, absolutely. So at government schools, as much as you sit there for a few hours and it can be brain numbing, you can really use this to your advantage. You can bring your computer in. You can sit and do your research. You can do so many things. Um, also, the expectation as a foreign teacher in the government schools is not so high as they do at the Kajon Kids and so on, or BIS or whatever. Um, so really, it gives you a lot more freedom and it gives you a lot more room to learn, you know, as a teacher. So if I had to choose, if I had to go back now, I think that's the best route for me. Yeah, and stay, stay again, stay away from the Banglas or the Co-PPs and selling. <laughs> do not, I mean, it's, I know people have done it, like, if you're selling boat tickets for buckets of liquor on CoPP, <laughs> like you'll be dead in about six months. You can do it, yeah, but it's going to be painful, <laughs> and you're going to come out of that a lesser human being. <laughs> for and I know a lot of people that do that, so sorry, apologies in advance, but they will agree as well. They're like, that was rough. Absolutely, it's, it's it like that is probably just as rough as working in a coal mine. <laughs> absolutely, and I we mean, both know we've done our weekends there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, if you want to come here, definitely teaching is an option. It's not for everybody because it takes a high level of patience and determination just to put up with the shit. Yeah. So, if you're not someone that will put up with shit, don't come do it. And this is the thing. For me, for the first few years and so on, I'm just... <laughs> but actually, in my mind, I'm like, this is not right. This is not right. A child cannot just pass. Mm. And and through all my schools, it was all the same. It was all the same story. And then Tommy goes to grade two, but Tommy can't even read. Yeah, they they never and they never build that foundation to, to, to be able to move on to the more advanced, uh, let's say, lessons and whatnot. 
absolutely. And at the end of the day, you're not doing your child in, you're actually doing your child quite an injustice by just pushing them forward and having this farce of them just being at this level, you know. And it puts a lot of pressure on children because I used to see children at my, in my classes. Wow, I used to feel so sorry for them because they had such pressure to do, 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 but they're not ready. They are not ready. Yeah, and they want, again, they have to go home. They have to show that progression. The parents want to see something. And that's at least they're paying for it as well. Well, that's the thing. At the end of the day, they, they need to take something home, something tangible home to show yeah. mom and dad. Well, on that note, I think we've kept this almost under 35. That's our, that's our goal. So we want to be in that 32, 35 range. Let us know what you think in the comments. It's a bit of a shorter podcast, but we might do a few of these and maybe more rapid fire. I can film like, uh, a few few in a day. Uh, I'll shoot it back to Tani. If because you are teaching online, it, are is there a way? Do you do you want people to reach out to you or anything like that? Or hey, wait, I'm I'm good. <laughs> well, if you're looking for English classes, uh, you're welcome like, to contact me. I think me. let's cut to. Can you cut to her camera? Okay. Uh, is it this big one? Which one? The the big one, yeah. Okay, so you this can one. stare that huge one, stare uh, down the soul of your, your audience. And if you want to let them know how they could find you, whether it's email or Instagram or a website, and yeah. if anyone looking to reach out to you or even ask questions, mm -hmm. no weirdos, um, ask questions again about something more in depth from this podcast. Maybe mm -hmm. you can share some knowledge as well. Um, yeah, that camera right there. Let them know where to find you. Okay, you can look for me on Instagram, Tani Fish. I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions. If you're looking for English classes online, and if you actually just want more information about teaching in Thailand and how I got here and my story, please feel free to contact me. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right, that wraps it up. Do not contact me unless you're buying lines, mate. So, Lazada, <laughs> there it is. Um, let us know also with the arcade. I might sell it. I don't know. We might put a backdrop. Um, again, that wraps up another episode of the Fruiting Body. Fuck, I'm getting chubby. Eh? Jeez. All right. <laughs> well, or out. I got to go to the gym, I guess.